We're all about perspectives and commentary, and today we take in your perspectives. It's Viewer Mail Day on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Almost Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining me on this Wednesday morning, and thank you for making the Locked On Almost Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Locked On Ole Miss Podcast, your team every day. All right. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to get into viewer mail. Normally, we would wait a little bit to get into the viewer mail, but I have to go pick up my wife from the airport later on today, so we needed to record before practice. So that's the reason anything that happened during practice is probably not going to be on this show. But we're going to try and handle some mail um, that you guys have submitted through the subtext community. Remember, the only way to communicate with the show is the subtext community. And if you are in there, you can have your questions and everything on this podcast from time to time as well. Without further ado, let's just get started, actually. This question comes from Zach. He says, how do you expect this quarterback competition to proceed? Does Spencer Sanders have a shot? Now, that is a unique question and an interesting question. Honestly, kind of a loaded question, Zach. But I do expect this quarterback competition to proceed well into fall. I do not expect a quarterback to be named in the spring or after the spring practice, even though no matter what we see, no matter what our eyes tell us, I do not think an official word to come down on that. Now, the second question is the one that I think is interesting because you say, does Spencer Sanders have a shot? Yes, he absolutely has a shot. No matter what we're seeing early into spring practice, he has a shot. Remember last year, Jackson Dart struggled all through spring, but was the starting quarterback when the season started. This spring is important, but it's not important as the practices that are going to happen in August. People need to understand what spring practice is and what it's designed for. It is not an end-all, be-all thing, but it is a building block that you can stack and start stacking days together and get a routine down and get respect and leadership traits can be built and all of that can happen through spring so whenever the heat of fall practice happens the beginning of august going through when it's a hundred one hundred day out there you have the ability to fall back on to where you can actually lead these guys and if you can do it effectively that they will follow you that gives you an advantage in case it is an even situation you know it is one of those things that can help you stand out It is one of those things that can help you develop. And Spencer Sanders is a four-year starting quarterback, a former Big 12 freshman of the year. Heck, I think he was a Fiesta Bowl MVP. He understands what's going on. The stuff that Walker Howard is going through right now, he does not have to go through that. He can take mental reps. He's seen it all before. He has experience to fall back on. So that's the reason I think people that count out Spencer Sanders as this moves forward is a little bit of a folly. It's a little bit of a mistake, no matter how good Jackson looks and no matter how good Walker looks. Now, I will say over and over again, and I have said over and over again, that 
this quarterback competition, you have Jackson Dart and you have Walker Howard that is kind of creating a gulf. And the question becomes if that gap is a little bit too much for Spencer Sanders to overcome. Whenever all of this goes live and everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, will he be able to make the plays and close the gap enough to become the starting quarterback? That is the question I don't think anybody can answer right now. That has become, honestly, the question of spring practice. Can he overcome that gulf? Because Jackson Dart is playing really well right now. Walker Howard's playing really well right now. And if I had to bet right now, the quarterback rankings would be Jackson Dart 1, Walker Howard 2, and then Spencer Sanders 3. Now, I have said for months, this quarterback race is really between Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart for this year. And the loser of that quarterback battle will fall to the number three quarterback and potentially not be here. I mean, I'm not really exactly talking out of school there, but that is a situation that will be very interesting to follow as we move into fall. It's really interesting. This is really interesting stuff. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see exactly how this comes together how this becomes, I don't know, something more than it is right now. How do we get to those final stages? And that's not going to happen until August, so don't look for it anytime soon. But that is the question that honestly has come out of spring. Can Spencer Sanders close that gap? What does fall camp look like? That becomes the two major questions of this quarterback competition that we can honestly take from what's going on right now. Anyway, we're going to continue viewer mail as this goes forward. I think we even have a Detroit Tigers question today, which I appreciate that as well. Um, But thank you very much for that. Remember, to participate, to ask a question, to have it known, All questions come from our subtext community. The link is in the description. You can go down there and join it. There's a free trial at the moment. It's less than a message board, but it does give you direct interaction with somebody that is, let's say, they might have an in at time to time. I'm not an insider, but I do know people. So sometimes I do find out stuff. I put information out that I hear. I don't try to break news. I don't try to be an insider. But if I hear something, I'll let you know. And um, I'm developing relationships right now as we speak um, to get a closer relationship inside the university. It's not necessarily a boosters thing, although we have do have a ton of people reaching out over DM to want to tell us information that is going on. But it is going to be really, really important to see, honestly. It's going to be fantastic. I'm I'm really, really excited about what's going on. Anyway, this show is brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Yes, I realize... In these, inside the state of Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. It's ridiculous. I, I understand that. But if you go to Memphis, Tennessee, if you go to Jackson, Tennessee, if you're road-tripping to Nashville, 
Heck, if you're going to New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, or even across the river in Delta, Louisiana, you can get the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. You know, Major League Baseball right now is well underway. Regular season starts, you can bet on those games. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. I was watching the Bally Sport Detroit broadcast last night, and they were talking about this same-game parlay to where, you know, they had a player that was he would he have a hit, and he was like at one one the over under on hits was .5, and they they went over on that, and then they went the run scored, and then they went something else, maybe a money line winner on the game, and those three together became the same game parlay, so that is really cool. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, like I said before, subtext community is down in the description. It'll allow you to participate in shows just like this one. Without further ado, let's go back to viewer mail and find out what you guys are asking about. This one says, what do we make of the Ole Miss special teams halfway through spring? Well, honestly, special teams at this point is kind of a unique thing because there's not live punting going on. There's not live returns going on. They're definitely not covering real kickoffs at this point. So special teams is one of those things that, like, the last two weeks of camp, that is kind of when it goes into focus. Now, the athletes that Ole Miss have, they should have a good special teams unit. They have good football players that they can put out there to cover kicks and do those things. But as we sit right now through spring, there's not much. Now, the question's going to be in the fall. These are the questions that you're going to ask. Has Frazier Mason taken care of his punting issues from the end of last season? That's a real question. How does Caden Costa look kicking field goals, if we even do that anymore? But that's beside the point. How does he look kicking field goals? Who are the main return people? These are questions that are going to be asked, but they're probably going to be answered sometime in mid-July or mid-August, closer to September. I do expect the return game to be a little bit better. There are some electric type players back there that can handle this. I expect with Kedra Criscano and all that, the kickoff return game to be in really good shape. Our running backs right now are absolutely sick, by the way. Just absolutely sick. I, honestly, I could see a situation where Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, is returning kickoffs. I can honestly see that if he can say, stay healthy behind Quinshawn in front of Kedra Criscano since you have depth to go three deep, essentially, at the running back position. And because of that, Caden Costa coming back, I'm hearing actually decent things about Caden. Haven't heard much about Frazier Mason. Haven't heard much about holding. There's going to have to be stuff that they figure out in the next coming weeks 
of spring practice even before they go into fall because there are some, what's the word? There's some tentpole events of special teams that spring is actually important for. Um, snaps, holds. You can tell if you have a, an issue between them. It, those will be really important to see coming into what's going on. So, I mean, we will see what happens there. I, I'm honestly looking forward to what spring practice means for the special teams. Honestly, I'm looking forward to how they'll develop. I have not heard problems. That's the important thing. Usually in spring practice, the one thing you hear are issues. Those are the things that are overwhelming. Things that you need to be concerned about. Example, last spring with Jackson Dart. We all heard that it was a closer competition than it needed to be. It wasn't going the way that people suspected. That is the type of stuff you hear in spring. That is the type of stuff you hear um, whenever anything's going on. You don't hear about necessarily good things in spring. You hear about problems. You hear about red flags. That is what comes out of spring practice. And right now, we're not hearing much of anything. You've got a bunch of people saying, hey, we have depth problems here. That's fine. All the players aren't here. You're going to have depth problems in spring. Alabama has depth problems in spring. It's just because your roster isn't 85. It's closer to 65. And because of that, you're going to have depth problems in spring. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to continue this viewer mailbag. Going to move to baseball a little bit. And we're going to talk about where we sit in this season as well. So stick around. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote and comment on the video as well. We'd appreciate it very much. Also, this show, all the results of our subtext community, thank you very much for submitting questions. We're going to do this from time to time. It may not be a regular event, but it could be something that's done like every few weeks depending on what we need to do. But this is a pretty cool thing. We got we got three or four questions we wanted to talk about. So the first one we got on this one, and from changing over to baseball, is can Ole Miss baseball dig out of its hole? And I'm about to give you guys a cop-out a cop answer. And the answer is I don't know. Theoretically, they could. They were four and, or 7-14 and 14 last year before winning the national title. That is a hole you can dig out of. But the question is, to get to 7-14, and 14, they have to go basically 6-6, six and six, I think, um, over the next 12, just to get to 7-14. and 14. And then you have to take the hot streak, assuming after Hunter Elliott comes back, um, maybe after Riley Maddox comes back. Heck, all of that is important because the problem that Ole Miss has right now is is pitching. I mean, if you take away the arm injury portion of the pitchers going on, you mean you have Josh Mallett's closing with Jack Doherty setting him up, Hunter Elliott starting games. All of this is very important. And, and without it, you just have a lack of quality proven SEC pitching. 
like Grayson Sonier. I like TJ Quint. They're just freshmen. They're young. They're young guys. Now, offensively, they're kind of knocking the cover off the ball right now. It just kind of is what it is. And because of that, you would expect them to do better than they are. Now, there are some players that whenever the pitching went down, they slumped. It's one of those things where people struggle when they're pressing. Whenever they play loose, they play better. Look at the national championship run. And look at what this team looked like whenever they got to 7-14. and 14. Look at that difference. You can tell exactly what to expect from an Ole Miss baseball team during that end run. That is what we should expect. But right now, unfortunately, you just don't have a Friday night SEC guy. Heck, you might not have a Saturday night SEC guy. You have young pitchers that could perform and eventually get to that level, but they're young right now. They're not there yet. At this point last year, I don't think Hunter Elliott had thrown a pitch um, on a weekend start. I think in a situation when Doug Nikhazy broke through, it was the same thing. It was still a delay. So, honestly, have patience. Patience are going to be important. And you can still enjoy all the games that are going on. You can still do what you're doing. And you can still enjoy having the national championship trophy, which is a real thing. And nothing they're doing this year means they can take that away from you. The banner has been hung. The logo is in the outfield, although it should be behind the pitcher's mound, but I mean behind home plate, but that's beside the point. This team, honestly, in my opinion, gets a pass for this year. They had everything go right last season. This season, they're kind of having to pay the piper. And it's going to be rough, potentially. And that's just the way it is. Now, I have theories. Like, Mississippi State and Ole Miss wins a national championship the moment where COVID players got an extra year of eligibility and your roster size could enlarge, scholarship-wise. So you had more players. And all of a sudden, Mississippi State and Ole Miss wins national championships. That's interesting to me. People always talk about the 11.7, but that's interesting to me. It just is. Anyway, just have patience this season. Enjoy the national championship. Watch the game for enjoyment. But understand that this team has some serious problems right now. And I don't know how much I would expect for this season. Like I said, I've been telling you guys for weeks, the goal for this team needs to be make a regional. That should be the goal for this baseball team. All right, our last question today is actually not about Ole Miss at all. And it was because Tuesday night, or Monday night, the Detroit Tigers actually beat the Houston Astros. And after getting swept and looking absolutely putrid with the Tampa Bay Rays, he says, did the Tigers actually defeat the World Series champions after looking as awful as they did? And the answer is that yes, because A, that's baseball. But B, I think the Tampa Bay Ray series might have been the aberration and not the norm. The Tigers were absolutely terrible last season. They, they were a bad team. They were, they were really, really poor. 
So whenever this happened in the first game, everybody's like, well, same old, same old. And I don't know if that team did that because Tampa Bay's pitching staff was just absolutely fantastic. But what I saw was after the nerves get worn off, a Detroit Tigers team that kind of relaxed at the plate, did the things they were supposed to do, drive up the pitch count, drive the ball the other way, which I'm always happy to see in modern baseball. And, you know, some nice home runs were hitting the game, including Matt Verling, who went four for five and had an amazing diving catch that potentially saved the game. He won it with his bat. He won it with his glove. He was the player of the day um, for Detroit. Now, everybody's going to say, okay, that was just one game. Let's, let's check with me at the end of the series, and you are absolutely correct. But after as bad as this team looked, after the Tampa Bay Rays series, I'm going to celebrate one win. Uh, that's just what I'm going to do because it just makes sense. Anyway, that is the conclusion of our viewer mailbag. Thank you very much for tuning in. And thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much for putting up with me today. Um, Got to go pick up my wife at the airport a little bit later on this afternoon. That's the reason we had to do a mailbag today. Tomorrow, we will go back and cover some practice stuff that we find out. Whenever we have time to dig at it, we will do that. So it should be pretty cool indeed. But anyway, thank you very much. Enjoy your Wednesday. Hope everything goes well, and thank you very much for watching the show. Anyway, we'll see you later.